Welcome back, my Cripsonian listeners. And um, yes, we are back with um, Haunted Sussex today. That is written by Andrew Green. Today we are going to be discussing all the hauntings in Eastbourne. It seems like Eastbourne is quite a haunted place. Let us start with Beachy Head. A chalet on the top of Beachy Head, once used as a small museum and history center and laterally as a facility for the Samaritans, has been demolished. Perhaps it was thought that its existence provoked more suicides than it stopped as the number of deaths every year from the 600 feet high cliff top do not decline. In 1979, an 11-year-old Dutch boy was among the dozens to throw themselves onto the rocks, strengthening the mythical tale of a mysterious black monk beckoning victims to their deaths. One of the suicides in the 1850s is thought to be the ghost that is still seen walking along the cliff edge before she suddenly vanished. The figure has been described by some witnesses who have also seen her near the site of an old building belonging to Bullockdown Farm as a youngish woman in an old-fashioned grey dress. She was seen by three evening walkers towards the end of the 1978, and there have been some more recent sightings. There is nothing frightening about her, witnesses say. It is what she does that is scary. Another ghost that used to frequent the cliffs, but is hardly seen these days, is that of a farmer's wife carrying a small baby in her arms. She would stand only a few feet from the crumbling edge of the cliff before taking three steps forward and disappearing. Devonshire Park Theatre A mysterious violinist used to haunt this theatre. Whether the vague figures seen by doorman Stephen Garston in 1980 was that of the Phantom, it is impossible to say, as the shape of the ghost was too indistinct. Stephen, then newly appointed and unaware of the early hauntings, was looking up one evening when he saw a dark figure that seems to be shuffling between the orchestra rail and the front stalls. Naturally, he assumed that someone had accidentally been locked in and was trying to find the exit, so he called out, offering help by the figure failed to respond. When the shape reached the end of the stalls, it disappeared, although the exit door was still locked. The house lights were not on, so I couldn't make out a face, Stephen said later. But as the phantom passed across in front of the brass rails in the orchestra pit, the reflection was blotted out for a second. It really was quite weird. When he reported the incident the following day to Roger Neal, the theatre manager, Stephen learned about the ghostly violinist who had been seen fairly regularly up to 1968. The last person to see the apparition and give a full description of it was Geoff Stanfield, the theatre electrician. Okay, All Saints Hospital, Meads. Some 200 years ago, this hospital housed a nursing order of nuns the members of which, as well as carrying out their normal religious duties, ran a small hospital there. 
Over the years, it was developed into a geriatric clinic, residential care home, and it is no longer run by the religious sisters. In September 1975, a senior cook on the prominent staff turned around while preparing the evening meal and saw a figure standing just behind her. It was that of a middle-aged nun in a grey habit and just as she was about to greet the stranger, the cook was startled by the ghost vanishing like a small cloud of steam. Up to that time, reports younger members of the staff had made about the appearance of the nun had been dismissed as imagination. Many now fully accept that one of the nursing nuns still inhabits her former home, maybe to provide some spiritual comfort for the residents, or to creep the living shit out of them. Willingdon On the roundabout at the junction of Main A22 with Kings Drive and the Willingdon Road, there have been instances of phantom victims of car crashes sightings. A number of people were killed in a multiple collision which occurred early one evening in 1923 and on and off since then the sudden appearance of a tall woman in a grey dress of the 1920 period had been reported. She is believed to have been one of the party of golfers who were involved in a fatal accident. She has been seen so often that she herself seemed to be the cause of car accidents although few, thankfully, have been fatal. One motorist who has seen and reported her on two occasions is John Martin of Halsham. I nearly had a heart attack when I first saw her suddenly appearing in front of my car. I was convinced that I had hit her and killed her, he said. The second occasion was more than a year later, by which time I had completely forgot the earlier incident. Exactly the same thing happened and it was only when I got out of my car that I find that there was no one there. I know of a number of other motorists who have suffered from the same shock of crashing into someone who isn't there. Then lastly, Chasley, Bolsfer Road. This large house, built in 1893 for a local solicitor, is now a residential care center for physically handicapped patients suffering mainly from spinal injuries. In charge of the home is the matron Jane Lewis. I had the pleasure of meeting her in November 1996 and spoke to a number of permanent and temporary residents, all of whom had experienced in some form or other the hauntings that affected Chasley. Douglas White, a Dunkirk veteran and former engineer assured me that a few days after his arrival in August, he turned around to see the figure of a woman sitting in a chair beside his bed. She appeared to be about 40 years old, he said, but it was a bit difficult to see her face clearly, for she was wearing a veil. Her clothing was Victorian, or maybe Edwardian, and she just sat there for some time before fading. A member of the staff reported seeing a figure of an 11-year-old child running along a corridor leading from the central staircase and the sound have also been heard by others on more than one occasion. The child appears in a Victorian dress. Bernard Power told me that when he was with Sam, another resident in the recreation room, he saw two women in the bar. One was quite tall and wearing a shawl 
and the other was shorter and much younger, he said. Their clothes were rather old-fashioned, but before we had time to inquire who they were, they just faded away. The snooker room in the basement is where Derek Glyde saw the grey lady. It was more like a column of grey mist in the shape of a woman, he said. Before I could contact anyone else, the wheelchair wouldn't move quickly enough. The apparition, or whatever it was, had vanished. Maybe it was just smoke, but if so, where did it come from? I think it can be safely assumed that the ghostly figures associated with the previous owners are completely harmless and merely add a touch of interest and mystery to the warm and friendly atmosphere that has been created, not just by the staff but also the residents themselves. One of the major candidates of the ghostly visit would probably be a former owner of Chasley, Mrs. Helen Hornby Lewis, who died in 1930. She made a number of charitable gifts to the town including the Helen Garden between Hollywell Retreat and Hollywell. Jane Lewis pointed out a particular narrow corridor with a small staircase leading to the flat over the main building which is affected, she said, not by sound but an intense feeling of cold and at times a peculiarly cold breeze from absolutely nowhere. Okay, and that's that guys. Hope you enjoyed the, the stories. Whatever you guys are doing, remember to keep it safe. Thanks for supporting me on this channel. And uh, yeah, I really do hope you enjoy all these interesting ghost stories. And then until next time. Cheers.